Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. We know your life will be changed for the better by listening to God's word. If you'd like to know more about Trinity Beaumont or contribute to our ministry, please visit www.trinitybeaumont.com. Well, who's excited to talk about prophecy this morning? Anybody? Um, Well, I can certainly tell you that I am not a scholar of prophecy, (laughs) but I, um, I know that the Lord has things he wants to talk to us about today concerning prophecy, and well, you know, me being me has to do with love too, so sorry, not sorry. Um, I want to just start um, by, if we can get, okay, so, hold on. Can anyone tell me what prophecy is for? Anybody? Oh, okay. Some people know some things in here. It's for edification, it's for encouragement, it's for strengthening, it's for comforting. And so you guys are pretty, you guys are probably pretty good at that, right? Maybe? Okay, maybe. I think that um, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Uh, And so I think that this is going to be, this is going to be real short and real simple. But if you're sitting by somebody... I just want you to turn to them, and I want you to say one sentence that's encouraging, strengthening, or comforting. Can we do that? If you're not sitting by someone, maybe scoot over or find someone, turn around, turn around upside down, dance over to them, whatever. Okay, one, two, three, go. I'll just sing. Trying to make some music to, you know, make it not so weird. Kenny, you got to turn around and tell your mom something encouraging. Oh, I didn't see you turn around. Sorry. Sorry I called you out, bro. Did everybody do it? Was it nice? Was it good? Do you feel encouraged? Comforted? And so this is probably the simplest form of prophecy. <laughs> the simplest but it's encouragement, and a lot of times it can, it can come encouragement straight from the Word of God. So it doesn't have to be something that um, you have to worry about or stress over, but if the Lord is telling you and pressing on you to sell somebody something, especially something from here, it has to line up with here, <laughs> and it has to line up with the character of God or your prophet lion. And we don't want to prophet lie. We want to prophesy right? (laughs) And so it has to line up with the character and the word of God and has to comfort, strengthen, edify, encourage. So today we're talking about prophecy. Anybody excited? Okay. There's some really good things that we're going to talk about today. And I feel like there's a little bit of um, harder things that we're going to talk about today. And, um, I'm excited about both because the church as a whole needs some kind correction. And correction doesn't have to be bad. 
Correction is just like when you're driving a car and you know you veer to the side and then those that strip that says <laughs> you hit that you're like oh no I need to correct my my driving or I'm going to run off the road okay that's not it's not it's not bad guys it's good you don't want to run off the road you don't want to be in a ditch on this side or a ditch on this side. <laughs> So correction is not bad. It doesn't always hurt. It's just a little, hey, let's, let's, go, uh, let's go this way a little bit, or let's go this way, whichever way you need to go. <laughs> so let's start in 1 Corinthians 14, 14.1. It says, pursue love. I like how he says pursue love first, because without love, you're going to be off. And desire spiritual gifts, and especially that you may prophesy. Why do you think that it's so important that we prophesy? Anybody? <laughs> Look at you. Encourage the body because people need God's heart. That is so, those are good answers, guys. You guys have been studying for this day. For the person who speaks in another tongue, which we do uh, pray in tongues here, and we speak in tongues, is not speaking to people. But to God, since no one understands him, he speaks mysteries in the spirit. On the other hand, the person who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement, and consolation. The person who speaks in another tongue builds himself up, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. I wish all of you spoke in other tongues, but even more that you prophesied. I think this is really interesting because I think a lot of times we stop and harp on speaking in tongues. Um, and praying in tongues, and we're like, there has been uh, an elitist factor in that, where like, if you don't speak in tongues, people feel like I'm less than, and that's not ever what the body of Christ was meant to do. Um, <laughs> but I just think it's interesting that it says the person who speaks in another tongue, oh, wait, hold on, I wish you all spoke in other tongues, but he wishes even more, <laughs> even more that you prophesied. And I think today is a great example of how people need to be prophesying more. <laughs> because instead, we just are keyboard warriors on the Facebook or on Twitter or on Instagram telling everybody what we're against or who we're against or who we hate or who we don't like. And really, we shouldn't hate anyone. Um, we shouldn't hate any of... Nope. <laughs> But even more so, he wishes that we would prophesy. And you know why? That's what Pastor Andrew said. God wants to connect people to his heart. He wants to connect people to the heart of the Father. Because when you're connected to the heart of the Father, you want to protect that connection. When you feel... When that's something that is you're holding on to, when he's holding on to you and you feel connected to him, you want to protect that connection. You do things to keep it safe. <laughs> this is kind of like we talked about grace earlier in the year, and we talked about how whenever you're sin conscious, you tend to sin more. <laughs> but when you're God conscious, when you're righteousness conscious, you don't tend to sin more. You're protecting that connection with him you're saying i'm already in right standing yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That's who I am. I'm not this person that did this last night or yesterday or one hour ago. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ, and I don't have to keep doing that. Right? (laughs) And so, as we continue to walk this walk of faith, we have to continue to remember that the Lord is asking us to prophesy. And I know, like, that... It hasn't been a big theme until maybe like a few years ago. It came up, I think, again with the Bethel movement and some other stuff. Or we had the, the prophecies that I got growing up, which not bad. I'm not saying they were all bad. I don't think any of them were really bad. Um, but you have the prophecies that just say, hey, you're going to go and do this, 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 and this. Which, I mean, some of those things you might do, that might be what the Lord wants you to do, but you have to decide and you have to partner with that word, right? I think as a kid, I was like, oh, how's that going to happen? I don't know. I guess I'll wait and see. (laughs) Instead of partnering with that word and saying, oh, okay, like, let me pray into it. Let me see if that's what God wants me to do. Um, I just think it's so interesting. Or or you have the people who prophesy and tell you, hey, I'm pretty sure that the Lord told me that we're getting married. No, I don't think so. Or you have the people who, um, you know, proclaim judgment or um, I, well, anybody, has this any, been anybody else when you were, um, you were a bad kid or even an adult and you're sitting in church and you're like, Lord, don't tell them about me. <laughs> Anybody? Thank you. You're like, I don't want them to know what I did. And Lord, you're going to tell them. I just remember being a kid and I was like, oh, the Lord's going to tell on me. I remember I was in Bible school, guys, and I was backsliding. I was not doing good. I still went every day. I do not know. You're fine. You're going to be okay. (laughs) Give me a look up here. Uh, But I went. I still went every day and just was like praying in the class. Lord, don't tell him. Don't tell him. Don't tell him. Don't tell him. Like what? What am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing? But whenever you love something or someone, you protect that something or someone, right? And so, when you're prophesying to someone, the most important thing. I think I'm kind of skipping ahead of myself here, but it's fine. Thank you. The most important thing is to see the golden people in the midst of the dirt of their lives, in the midst of their mess. That's what the Lord sees. And who do we think we are trying to say, hey, I see you sinning over there. Is that how the Lord deals with us? The Lord deals, his cross was more than enough. We don't have to go through and get crucified again. His cross was more than enough. We just, we just sang about it. His cross, his, the body, his body, his blood was more than enough. And so our job when we prophesy, we speak God's heart to people, is to connect them to his heart. And so to do that, you have to have his heart. You can't just be, if you don't love somebody, you can't, you're not going to prophesy to them. And at least you're going to be prophesying, I'm pretty sure. If you don't love them, you have, no, you have no authority over what you don't love. So 
Sean Bowles, he writes a book called Translating God, and he talks a lot about this. So he talks about how he's, um, he lives in L.A. He deals with a lot of, you know, entertainment people, music, actors, etc. And so he was talking in the book about how he heard some great stuff about this certain musician who said, hey, I'm not ready to receive the Lord, but she was very open to what he had to say about, uh, well, not Sean Bowles, but another guy, what he had to say about his journey with the Lord and how he met Jesus. And she said, can you pray with me uh, that I would have an encounter with Jesus too? But she said, I'm not ready to become a Christian. I'm going to be honest. And so later on, he hears this story. He's so excited because that's such a cool thing, you know, somebody in the, in, in the industry. And he goes to a, a church conference, and someone's pre- preaching about how this, um, this artist is leading all of our children astray and um, is, you know, I, I remember growing up, people would say uh, Madonna was the, dev- the devil's child or something like that. <laughs> Madonna is God's child, let's just, and so are every, everybody else. And so if you ever, and I, we don't think we'll ever meet these people, right? And it could, it doesn't have to be musicians or actors. It could be just your mayor. It could be your police chief. It could be your, your governor. It could be the president. It could be whoever, but the Lord, the Lord is never going to give you authority over something that you do not love or someone that you do not love. And so you have to make sure that your heart is right and you're loving the world that he made, <laughs> the, loving the people that he made. Because if you don't love them, and I know people are not doing the right thing. We all know. <laughs> they be knowing too. <laughs> but we have to see people for how God sees them. And prophecy is paired along with love. So when you see people the way God sees them, you can prophesy his heart to them. And it doesn't have to be where they just, hey, look at your shame again. Look at what you're doing wrong. It has to be like hope. Here's a way out. This is where God sees you. This is where he's taking you or he can take you if you, if you let him. Seeing people for who they're going to be fully ready to say yes to Jesus on the wedding day, pure and spotless bride. Revelation will empower you to see everyone around you as winners. So your goal should be to encourage them that they're worthy of the prize so that they keep running the race, right? Keep running the race. You're worthy of the prize. He loves you. You're going to make it. And so you can't be a prophetic voice. God cannot use you in those areas if you don't love those people. And you never know who's listening or who's watching. We live in a, an internet age. What you say doesn't, doesn't normally die. <laughs> people screenshot stuff real quick. Especially stuff that's, you know, not so nice. And so we have to be continually in a state of love and like seeing people 
And I know it sounds like hippy-dippy, like let's hold hands and like some 60s stuff, you know? <laughs> but the Lord, his love for us is never ending. And he's called us to be like Christ. And Christ, whenever they brought the woman in adultery to him, he wasn't like, see your sin, lady, you know? <laughs> he said, if, if anyone doesn't have sin, you know, you cast the first stone. Like, <laughs> and he gave her hope. Like, your sins are forgiven. Yes, he said, go and sin no more. But that wasn't, that wasn't, that wasn't the theme here. It was, you have hope. You have freedom. <laughs> you have love from me. <laughs> Forgiveness, grace. <laughs> and so as our hearts, as we, we have to desire the gifts, right? And, and to prophesy. Because really what that is, is just starting to see people, how God sees them, and telling them how God sees them. Yeah. That's just the start of it. It's not anything really, really hard, and I think we try to, we make it hard. We're like, okay, when God downloads this prophetic word into my mind very clearly, then I will go over to that person and tell them. <laughs> this would be me, y'all. Don't even like, I'm not even calling anybody out. I call myself out all the time. Like, Laura, when you tell me, I will go. Lord's like, I already told you right here. <laughs> right here. <laughs> I'm like, okay, great. But sometimes we forget those things. We forget and we're just like, okay, we're doing our stuff. We're, we're pretty much living our best life, not really sinning, um, just going to church, going to work. And But what about all the in-betweens? <laughs> this, is where, this is where like evangelism doesn't have to be so hard because evangelism and prophecy kind of go together. It's the gospel. You're sharing the gospel, the good news of hope and life and love and that these people are seen and loved by the Lord. And so that's how it can be so much more natural than just like, have you heard about our Lord Jesus Christ who died on the cross for your sins? And people are like, oh, who is this person? But if you come to them and say like, hey, um, either something in the Bible, like the Lord says this about you, you know, you can use something from the word if you just don't got nothing else. Or you can just say, you know, the Lord made everyone in his image. If I say someone has beautiful eyes, I'm pretty sure the Lord thinks they have beautiful eyes too. Because <laughs> he made them. He made them in all of their uniqueness, in all of their beauty, humor, personality, fun, seriousness, whatever it is. And so you can appreciate things that the Lord appreciates and say like, hey, the Lord really likes this about you. <laughs> and that's an easy way to just start letting the prophetic affect your life and affect others around you because that's what a gift is for. It's for others, right? A gift is for others. So I want to talk for a second because this is, I think, this is, I think, maybe the correction point here, possibly. Um, sorry, I'm doing some weird hand signals here. Um, but discernment. Discernment is something that the church, I think, uses a lot of. Um, I can think of three instances and three different people that have used discernment. 
I try to, I don't want to be specific because that's messy. Um, but one person told me to, you know, like to like warning about somebody else. Like, hey, I'm just really feeling like I'm not sure. You just need to be careful about them. I'm not sure why. I said, okay. And so take it and just ask the Lord, what do I do with this? Um, but it made me really nervous about that person. And it was nothing that their behavior had done. <laughs> um, the second person, we weren't really, it wasn't even about me, but they just kept saying, I just, I don't know. I just feel something's off, something's off, something's off. And I just said, like, look, you need to work through the relationship issues that you have there and then continue to see, <laughs> trust the Lord. But so many people say, oh, I feel something's off and then just break a relationship or just avoid that person because it's awkward and they feel like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know why I'm feeling like this. And our discernment isn't, it's, always, it's not always right, first of all. Um, and our discernment could be out of context. So I think that whenever you're discerning something, you really need to ask the Lord, hey, what is the deeper, more <laughs> intimate thought that you have about this person? Because I'm picking up something, but I don't know what it is. Um, in uh, the Translating God book, he's talking about discernment. He talks about how back in the day when Robin Hood came out, these women from church went to see it. And they said, uh, there, oh, that we were just so oppressed by the witchcraft in the movie. There was witches, and, and it was just terrible. And the Lord does not like this movie. He does not approve this movie. <laughs> so that they discerned that it was, it was not good. But the point is, is that their discernment was out of context. The, the context of the movie was the witches were evil, and they were something to be overcome. In the Bible, there is evil. That doesn't mean the Bible is evil. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There is a, a show of good and evil. And so discernment, you've got to take it to the heart of God. You've got to take it to the heart of God because discernment, it can break relationships if you don't do it correctly. <laughs> and that's not, that's not what the Lord wants. He's not about breaking relationships. He's about working together with people. He's about growing relationships so discernment is like, I know what God wants because I've read about him. I've heard what he's done, and I think he'll do it again. And I have knowledge of his principles, and I've seen him act. So, like, I know kind of how God is. But knowledge, knowledge like that that's not paired with his love can quickly become religious. It can just become bondage. That's right. Paul, Paul was the most educated man in Jewish history. This is straight from the book. I'm going to tell you this one. It's straight from the book. Paul, the most educated man in Jewish history, used knowledge to violate the very God he thought he was passionate about. <laughs> and he was disconnected from it. And he made presumptions based on natural discernment, on education, on the wisdom, on the state of his culture. And so we're at risk to have the same presumptions fill our heart and when we don't put love first. Right? Because Paul went around killing people because he thought that that's what the Lord wanted him to do. <laughs> do y'all realize that he thought he was serving the Lord? And so many people go around cutting other people's 
emotional heads off. <laughs> I was just trying to like, I wasn't trying to say physical, like not literally cutting people's heads off, but cutting them down, right? And that's not, that's not biblical discernment or prophecy. That's not what the Lord has asked of us. And so you need to, if, if you feel like you're discerning something, pray it through. <laughs> Uh, because, and especially in a church setting like this, because he, he gave another example that actually I was reading another book that kind of reminded me of it too, but anyway, I'll move around, move, move along. He was talking about how someone actually had said to the pastor that he was working with, I'm feeling like there's something off about this guy's character, so you just need to be careful of him. And because of him, Nothing of his behavior said that. Um, But because of that warning, he was so worried about that person's behavior and who they were and their true motives that it wasn't until it it really broke their relationship. It really, it, it divided them. And that was not what the Lord meant for that. Sometimes when we have discernment, we just need to shh and pray it through. Find the heart of God for it. And just be open to say, like, hey, we, I might be wrong. This is just how I'm feeling. I don't think, I don't know, but this is obviously something that we need to work through because it's never meant to break relationship, right? Yeah, it's really good. So, I mean, this can also be, like, if you're discerning someone struggling with, like, sin, right? People know that they're sinning. <laughs> They don't need you to call out, hey, you're sinning, you know? They don't need you to call that out. If, you're dis- if somebody's saying, like, discerning a struggle that Andrew is having, if I call something out that I know that can be dangerous, but I don't offer a process of healing or help or hope, have I just reinforced the same behavior that causes shame and causes that behavior, basically? <laughs> It's really interesting. Sorry, my mind is trying to connect something else. I'm like, is there a connection there, Lord? (laughs) Man. I was reading, I don't know if this is a connection, but we're just going to go, we're going to go here. I don't know. I was reading uh, on Instagram, they're talking about like gentle parenting, you know, um, I'm not saying I don't believe in spanking. Just know that, Dad. <laughs> but they're talking about gentle parenting and um, talking about just like whenever your kids do something and make a mess and you stomp in and you say like, who did this? <laughs> and they were like, it was this whole slide that was like, why do you need to know who did it? And I was like, so they can be punished. <laughs> And so, so they can pick it up by themselves. <laughs> but the whole post was basically about, like, working together to fix the problem and find a solution. And I think even further, going, going further, I think the Lord's heart would be to find out why or what happened in that situation. Like, why did they feel the need to do this or what was happening beneath this I just I don't know why it connected that but just like sometimes kids 
are hard. I have a two-year-old. This is two-year-old hair. You see this? It's a cute dude, isn't it? It's a two-year-old. It's, it's called I have a two-year-old. Can't do nothing with it. Thank you. Kids are hard. And I think that even the prophecy and all of this can really connect with that too. Kids need you to tell them what the Lord sees in them. They need you to prophesy over their lives and say what the Lord has said about them. Um, Right before I came up here, I was reminded of several different things. So prophecy is great. Everybody, we're on the same track. We like prophecy now. It's not as scary, maybe. Okay. (laughs) Not as scary? All right, good. Um, And so I want to just take you to some other scriptures that are not specifically about prophecy, but I just want to point them out to you. So in Proverbs 18.21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. (laughs) James 1.26, so if anyone thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Proverbs 21, 23, whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. <laughs> Sorry. Ephesians 4, 29, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. And so the things that we speak, prophetic, they're important. They're powerful. You can speak life to someone or you can speak death to someone. <laughs> and if you cannot keep your tongue, <laughs> your religion is worthless. <laughs> and you're deceiving your heart, basically. Deceives your heart. Like, oh, I can't, I can't keep this in. No, oh, you can. <laughs> keep yourself out of trouble, right? You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, okay? Like, do my homework, love my parents. Sorry, donut man. Okay, go look it up. Um, <laughs> I think I sing you all the kids' songs right now. Um, when we're talking about prophecy, I also wanted to point out that we're called to be walking the way that the Lord walked, right? Walking in his footsteps. And so... Galatians 3.27, for as many as you were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Philippians 2.5, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Jesus Christ. Um, Hold on. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Do you think that if Christ lives in you, he would be uh, prophesying good, encouraging things, or would he be condemning? Yes, encouraging. Um, I wanted to point out something. Let me find it. Uh, Jesus was never motivated to use shame, to use revelation to shame anybody. He knew it all. He knew all their crap. (laughs) 
but he never used what he knew to shame them. Because shame never leads anybody back into the kingdom. It doesn't say the shame of God leads people into repentance. The goodness of God leads people into repentance. So he would spend time with people who would be easy to judge, but he, instead he invited them into a place of importance because he believed in them and he invested in them. What would it look like if the world would do, if the church would do this with other believers who need it and with the world? I think sometimes we, we count people out until they're saved, almost. Like, we, we love them. Like, we want them to get saved, but we're like, uh, I, I, don't, I don't think I can give you anything until you're saved because then you'll listen to me because I know more than you, you know? I really feel like that's sometimes how our attitude is. I don't know. Maybe it's just me and y'all just all good, perfect Christians, but I be like this. <laughs> I am like this. <laughs> and I just sometimes got an attitude. The Lord got to work on me, okay? <laughs> Crucified with Christ. <laughs> and so, and honestly, guys, you can hide it real well. I'm just going to be honest. I, I mean, I don't have to tell anybody ever what my thoughts are about how I think of people. And I don't even have to think of, I need to be self-aware of what I do and put it next to Christ and say, is this Christ-like? And if it's not, I got to get rid of it. I got to work on it. But so many times we don't do that. We just are like, we just let ourselves do whatever and think whatever and talk about whatever and just na, 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 and this and that and let me post these 50 things on Instagram about everything. <laughs> everything. I just, I know that if we could see, the church could see people, believers and unbelievers, not as a disease <laughs> but as a as people who the lord intensely loves and wants to reach whether they're backsliding <laughs> or whether they're not even saved then our world would change our city would change our our houses would change <laughs> if we loved our family like we should <laughs> our churches would change our workplaces would change. John 16, 8 says, well, 8 through 11. says, and when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. And so I'm always thinking like, Holy Spirit's convicting people of sin. He's convicting them of sin. <laughs> and he is convicting unbelievers of sin because they don't believe in him. So he's saying, hey, there's a problem. And that's conviction is different than condemnation. He's not shaming. He's saying, hey, there's a better way. <laughs> this is not the way. Verse 10, concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will not see me no longer. And concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. So the judgment is for the devil the righteousness is for the church. And so I'm always over here thinking like, 
I don't got to tell them they're sinning. The Lord will tell them. <laughs> like, why am I even, uh, why am I even, whatever. I'm, but do you ever feel like that? If I don't tell them that they're sinning, will they even know? Do you ever feel like that? You're like, they need to get, they needed to get it together and they're not doing it right. Will they even know if they're sinning? Maybe they don't know. I need to tell them that they're doing wrong. Nobody? Okay, it's just me. But the Holy Spirit, <laughs> the Holy Spirit convicts people of righteousness. Like the believers, he's saying like, hey, you're righteous. There's something precious here to protect. So if my husband, Andrew, <laughs> if my husband, I got to make sure I say this right. My husband doesn't go out and flirt with women because the Bible just didn't say, like, don't have an affair. He does it because he wants to protect the relationship that he has with me. And so the same way that the reason that we don't go out and do things or act the way we want to act sometimes is because we're tr- we, those things can disconnect us from our relationship. It doesn't, it doesn't like take us away from him. He's not, he's not that person. He's like, oh, <laughs> this is me to my child. Come back when you're happy. <laughs> when you're being good, come back to me. I'm just, I'm leaving the room. <laughs> he doesn't walk away from us. We walk away from him. That's right. We, we say, he was like, hey, wait, wait. And we're like, I'm going to just do this thing. BRB, Jesus. <laughs> BRB. Be right back is what BRB means, if you didn't know. Like, I'll just be right back. I'll be right back. I'm just going to do this thing over here that I know I should not be doing. Because it's disconnecting us from our relationship. It's not just because of the sin, though. It's just because of, like, where our heart has to be. The things that we're talking about, the things, the places we're at, the, the attitudes, the gossip. Don't be deceived. So easily can the church be deceived these days. If you think you cannot be deceived, you probably are deceived. I'm sorry. If you think I'm, I'm all good, you're already deceived. We all have issues. We all have things that we need to work on. But the Lord is so gracious and so kind, so generous, and so should the church be. It shouldn't just be, <laughs> the Lord is so gracious, but you're wrong. <laughs> it should be, I'm gracious too. I'm living out of that fruit of the Spirit, giving love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. <laughs> It's a big one. And, and I know that there are prophets and prophecy that is different than this, that is more, um, what is the word? Uh, foretelling, forthtelling, uh, predicting acts, um, directing, uh, instructing, different things like that. This is just the, the bare minimum, the basis where you start. <laughs> so if you're interested in that, which you should be in, in prophecy, Sean Bowles talks about, um, I, I'm just going to talk about a couple other things, but he talks about how he was able to tell some people in Peru about, a, about a, an upcoming earthquake. 
And he was actually like correct, which how many times are people like, there will be an earthquake. <laughs> but he wasn't, he didn't do it for the show or for the prophet. He just, the Lord told him something. He went to the church that he knew and said, hey, this is what the Lord's telling me. I think you guys should get insurance. I think you should, you know, earthquake proof yourself as much as possible. And it ended up happening. And they were able to help their communities, get the money from the insurance, rebuild their communities. The Lord, he, he, sometimes he tells us hard things. Like that would be a hard thing to hear from like prophecy, right? <laughs> but it's always for goodness. And so your heart behind it has to be the baseline. The foundation has to be love. It has to be like what God wants to tell them. <laughs> there was another, another story in the book that talks about how, um, I think it's Paul Kane. He went to, it might have been Saddam Hussein, actually. And the Lord gave a word to Paul Kane for Saddam Hussein. Who, might just be me again, but who, who is thinking about giving words to Saddam Hussein or any evil dictator or person? Nobody thought about giving words to Osama bin Laden. We were just like, yeah, go kill him. <laughs> Get him, you know? But the Lord, he's got a big picture. He loves people. The Lord loves people. he wanted to reach Saddam Hussein. And so that's why you've got to be open to loving people. Because if you don't love people, you can never speak to them. You don't have the authority to speak to them. So if you're having struggles with your boss, with The Lord loves President Biden too. <laughs> and he wants to reach all of them. He loves them. He wishes that no man would perish. No man. Not even traffickers, rapists. It's hard to hear. <laughs> but he loves people. He wants there to be redemption. He wants there to be hope, a way out. And we're his hands and feet on the earth. Yeah. Do you have a word? <laughs> I'm just making sure. <laughs> All right. <laughs> if you guys, I think that right now, I think that, does anybody have a word from the Lord? Prophecy? building, building up because the Lord's speaking. So I think that he's going to give someone something, if not me, of course, somebody else. control and you might be the only 
Jesus they'll ever see. You might be the only Jesus they've seen in a long time. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we just stand up? Andrew, will you lead us in a song? And if anybody has anything, um, any words, any encouragement, you can just come find me. Come up here. Take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to you. I'm sorry when I've come with my agenda. I'm sorry when I forgot that you're enough. Take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to you. Can I have my prayer partners come up? And I'm just going to step out in faith and say, if you need a word, <laughs> a prayer partner can give you a word, whether it's from the Bible or straight from the Holy Spirit. It's going to confirm in the word. <laughs> so don't be scared of it. <laughs> going to be confirmed by the word of God. It'll be good. So if you need a word or you need someone to pray with you, his mercy, his grace, his goodness, his love will meet you right here at this altar. There's no judgment. His goodness, he's just so good, guys. (laughs) 